Hello, everybody. We are Ken and Lisa Henderson. We'd like to welcome you to the Faith Works Podcast, and thank you for tuning in. We are going to be looking into the lives of ordinary people, and we'll be examining how faith in God is working in their lives and how it will work in yours. We are very excited to bring you testimonies, release prophetic words, and examine Scripture, which will cause your faith in Jesus Christ to grow. Thanks again for joining our conversation. Welcome to the FaithWorks Podcast. Hey, and welcome back to the FaithWorks Podcast. I'm sorry we've been out for a little bit. We've had some tremendous adversity, as you might have guessed, and uh, some difficult things that we've had to work through. So we're glad to be back with you today. I want to welcome you back to our podcast. We're going to be talking about fighting the good fight of faith, which is something we started actually about a month ago. And so we're going to do part two today. So we just want to welcome you. The title is Fighting the Good Fight of Faith. In fighting the good fight of faith, it's critical that we remain focused. We are going to be talking about keeping your focus in the fight, and we're also going to give you a list of some things that the enemy uses to try and distract you and to throw you off guard. And so I just want to welcome uh, Pastor Lisa back with us today. Hey, everybody. And get you to uh, jump in here anytime. So we're going to just remind you of the scripture we're using and, and focusing on as we talk about this, and it's from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So there's a couple of elements in this uh, particular verse where it says fight the good fight. First of all, it lets you know that you're in a fight. And then also we have a confession that needs to be made in the presence of many witnesses. And, and while we know that the Bible speaks of us being surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, there's also witnesses that are looking at us during this time frame, especially during this time frame of the coronavirus, to see how the church is going to respond. So uh, I believe it is important to keep in mind that we are in war. And the war is really in our mind quite a bit. So Philippians 3.14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us to. Paul compares this to an athletic event. And so we're fighting, we're running, we're doing it with purpose. Right. And there's tactics the enemy uses to wear us down. And we talked about that in the last podcast, things that he does to get us off track, to <coughs> rob our faith and to get us to lose our focus. And the ones that we've, we concentrated on or talked about um, in the last podcast were um, criticisms, accusations, temptations. And this week we're going to be talking about betrayal, persecution, distractions, and disappointments. All these things are things that the enemy does to get us to lose focus. So the, the purpose of all these things are to, to distract you. Absolutely. And so we're going to be starting with, I guess, betrayal and persecutions. You want to jump in there? Sure. Uh, and there's not any of us who have not suffered betrayal and persecution. We will all be persecuted. We're going to all suffer betrayal. Jesus was betrayed. If you go in ministry, you're going to be betrayed. It, it's a given. Even not in ministry, you know, we've all been betrayed. It starts in childhood, you know, when you're, you've got your 
first little best friend betrays you for another friend or, you know, they talk about you or whatever. We all suffer betrayal. And I, I like what you say often. Can you talk about that, how it always comes from the inner circle? Otherwise, it wouldn't be betrayal. Right. And the last podcast we were together on, you gave a word at the end, and then you actually told a little bit of a story about what happened to us concerning some betrayal we actually went through. So what I'd like you to do is just to refresh our memory as to what went on during that time frame, if you don't mind sharing that story. We were just really involved in, in a ministry in another country that, that we were invited to go to this other country and establish a work there. We were very, very honored to get to do this. And we had a long-term relationship with the person that invited us. And then we brought some other people along and introduced them to this, this other person. And realized, you know, that, you know, this was going to be a pretty big responsibility and that we needed some help. And, you know, that it would probably be good just for us to oversee the project, but bring these other people along and trust them to do a lot of work in the ministry and, and, you know, don't keep our thumb on everything, but allow them to partake and, and use their giftings and callings. As you can imagine, if you're listening and you're in ministry, it just kind of, I don't know, it went sideways from there. We're not really sure what happened. The enemy happens what happened, and they just kind of turned on us and started poisoning, poisoning us, poisoning the people against us that were in the other country. It, it just really was hurtful and painful, and the Lord just told us to just kind of pull away. He said, there's a lot of ministry out there. Don't defend yourself. Do not fight for this. Just, I will defend you. And that was really hard. Yeah, because it took a good period of time between when God, when the, the problem arose. Two years. And we actually saw uh, the remedy, if you will, uh, and God vindicate us in that situation. And the whole time we were, we were just sitting in silence. Not, and we didn't explain it to anyone. We didn't defend it to anyone. We didn't attack the people. We just felt like the best thing that we could do was just sit in silence and wait on God. Right. And after two years, the, the minister in the other country called us, apologized, and asked us for forgiveness and told us what had happened. You know, God rectified everything. The Lord just really taught us a lesson in this and that, you know, if he says be quiet, be quiet. But, you know, betrayal, persecution comes and... Jesus suffered that. The, one of the stories that, that stand out in my mind is, is when he was preaching and everybody was turning away from him. And he looked at his disciples and he said, will you go away too? Will you, in other words, will you forsake me too? Are you going to leave me as well? Because that's what people were doing to him. And, and we will suffer a, a abandonment, people turning their back on us, people lying about us, people leaving us. And we shouldn't think that is something strange and, and, and you know, that there's something necessarily wrong wrong with us or, oh, woe is me, I'm the only one. This is common, unfortunately. Practice, we will suffer these things, and the enemy will use this if we're not careful, and we'll focus so much on that and the hurt from that, and we can let that become bitterness and anger to the point that we'll stop ministry if we're not careful. I noticed in in this and other areas of my life when I've had betrayal or, or those kind of things that that really they hurt for one thing, but they always seem tend to happen 
when you're trying to advance the kingdom. They don't happen when you're in maintenance mode necessarily. But when you're in expansion mode and when you're trying to do something, that's when people will criticize. And actually Satan, you know, that's his one of his strategies. So um, beware that when you're advancing the kingdom, you're going to be attacked. That's when the distractions are going to come. The enemy's not sitting back and cheering you on and saying, you know, yeah, he go. He doesn't have a cheerleading team on the sidelines, you know, cheering your advancement. He's plotting how to get you to stop. He's he's setting up offense to get you, you know, to, you know, stop advancing toward the goal line to the best he can. So any distraction he can throw at you, if it's persecution, if it's betrayal, you know, if it's sickness, if it's temptation, accusation, criticism, any of the things that that we have talked about, then that's exactly what he will throw at you. And that's some of his best strategy. And, you know, it works really well on immature people. And it works well sometimes on mature people, but it works especially well on immature people if we don't discern and see that it's a tactic of the enemy. Yeah, a lot of times people just go by what they see on the surface. They have no idea what's going on in reality in the whole situation. And it's like Israel spies. They were distracted by what their eyes saw. They didn't. They weren't distracted by God's Word. They just, when they looked at the people and they saw that they were giants in the land, and he, they, they said, we are grasshoppers in their sight. And so they thought they couldn't go forward into the promises of God. But God will carry you even when you think yourself a grasshopper. Amen. Right. And then they brought those spies, 10 of the 12, came back with a negative report, distracted by what they saw, believing their eyes rather than the Word of God. And then they brought that distraction back to their families. Yeah. And it influenced the entire camp. I think it's often the case when, when, when people start talking to their families, they can go home and actually what happens is they will get distracted because of their family and they form opinions while they're at home. And if they're not careful, it will be devastating. So sometimes you have to separate yourself, not from people necessarily, but from conversations. In the church, prior to church services, we get distractions all the time. People will come up to me and say things like, well, the men's bathroom toilet won't flush or something silly that somebody else could really take care of. And I, as the pastor, really don't need that in my mind ahead of service, uh, nor does my wife need it in her mind. So if you are a pastor, you will understand that. If you are somebody that just goes to church and attends church, try and save your pastor from those moments because he's trying to get the food ready for the for the family to come in and, and to eat, so to speak. I have so. a funny story. One time, right before service, this lady walked up to me and she said, Pastor Lisa, I have a prayer request. And so, of course, I, I was actually on my way to the pulpit. I was scheduled to speak that morning. And, you know, my mind is on the service and I'm thinking, you know, Lord, I, I, I want to hear from you. I, I'm hoping I'm hearing from you, God. And please, you know, let the service go well. And all the things that you're thinking about as you're trying to minister and she stops me. She wants prayer. So I'm like, okay, I want to, you know, I'll stop and pray for her. So I stop and I'm like, yes. And she said, my cat, my cat got stuck under our, our mobile home, stuck in the um, vents under the mobile home and died. And the smell is filtering throughout the house. 
and it's just terrible. The smell is just terrible. So long story short, I went to the pulpit with the thought of a dead cat stuck under the mobile home and the smell that was permeating. That was on my mind that morning. So that was quite the distraction. So, but maybe you get distracted and, you know, your kids will distract you before church with an argument on the way to church in your car or, you know, the enemy will use anything to distract you and tear you down. Um, And everywhere you go, there's something that can get you sidetracked. Right. And so you need to discern what's going on and where is it coming from so that you don't get hung up in the wrong things. Be careful not to forget that you're in a supernatural war and just look at the natural. We we often say this and uh, you've probably heard it a bunch of times, but don't put a face on the fight. And we do that so often and we forget that it's a supernatural war and it's easy to do if you look at the natural and we forget that we have a very cunning enemy who is behind it and he's looking for any way to trap us up and, and trip us up. Right. And, you know, distractions are anything that prevents you from going to your destiny, your goal, your call, your assignment, and your purpose in life. So we got to be careful what we allow to come in and distract us because we do get, as you said a minute ago, sidetracked so easily. It can be a person. It can be a place. It can be a thing. It can be driving down the road. It can be a song. It can be anything. So we have to be very careful about what we allow to enter our eye gate. The Bible tells us to guard our heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issue of life. And I've often heard that described as the eye gate and the ear gate and even the mouth. And so we have to be careful what we listen to, what we see, and what we actually say prior to a situation when we're going into work. Well, some people don't think that that's really very important, but... All these things add up. These little distractions can actually become very big distractions. And the purpose of a distraction is the prevention of goals, the prevention of your destiny, your purpose, your assignment. And it can start with just a little distraction, just that little what you just said, something small coming through that eye gate, that ear gate. Or out that mouth gate. Right. It can be anything which comes as prevention to the kingdom advancement. And and so we need to focus on advancing the kingdom and not be distracted. People doing well spiritually, being blessed, prospering, seem to be committed, and suddenly, boom, then distraction comes along and, and they lose focus on everything that they're they're doing and they, they lose ground in the process. So you have to be very focused. I have seen that so often. And, you know, I've, you, you know you're distracted from your goals, your calling, and your purpose when you lose your conviction and the conviction of your focus. Yeah, this is what Paul said. This one thing I do, he says, I focus. And when you're out of focus, you're always distracted. It's, it's easy to get focused on the wrong thing. So, so you have to maintain your focus, not just in, in focus in general, but focused on the specifics of what God's called you to do. I've seen this so many times. We have mentored and ministered to young men and young women, and, and some of them have been very, very gifted spiritually, very prophetic with so many giftings and raising them up and seeing such potential. And they will be on fire for God. Some of them have been caught out of some of the darkest circumstances, had their lives turned around so dramatically, such transformation, and just on fire. Like you just see God all over them, and they are advancing the kingdom 
and then from out of nowhere, seemingly, will come a man or a woman, a guy or a girl, into their life. And you can see as planted as day, this person is not from God. And for whatever reason, they cannot see it. And you can talk to them. I've spoken to them. I'm like, this this is not from God. This person is not from God. And you can see that the enemy has sent this person into their life to distract them and get them off target. And I've seen it. You've seen it again over and over and over again. And the next thing you know, this guy, this girl is hooked up with the person the enemy has sent their way. And they're distracted. They're off track. And then suddenly the next thing we know, they're no longer in church. They're no longer committed to God. They're no longer focused. The next thing we know, they're out in the world. And it's just, it's a tragedy. Yeah, you know, even the the apostles that were around Jesus could distract it. If Jesus would have allowed it, when Jesus was telling them what was about to happen, Peter said, oh, no, wait a minute, hold up. You, you got this all wrong. Well, Peter was responding really out of his love for Jesus. He potentially could have been distraction to Jesus and caused him to get off course at that point. So you have to be careful. Even in love, you can be distracted by people or you can become a distraction to people. So you're saying when Jesus was telling Peter that he was going to the cross and Peter was saying, no, Lord, no. Peter was saying it because he loved Jesus. And if Jesus had let him do that, it could have distracted him from his conviction that, no, he had to go to the cross. Right. So wow. Philippians 1, 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he that has begun a good work in you is able to complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He can complete it as long as you stay on, on target. It reminds me of that movie Star Wars where that guy's flying and he's stay on target, stay on target. And perhaps you saw that, but that's, that's what you have to do. You have to stay on target so that you can remain fully confident and keep going. God is able to complete things in you as long as you stay on target. But God loves you so much, he'll allow you to kind of do your own thing. And if you get off target, that'll be because you were distracted oftentimes. Stay the course. Whatever it is, the course that God has set for you, you stay that course and you do that through conviction. You know, confidence equals conviction. Confidence in the call he's given you and, and conviction in that. You know, you have to stay focused to do anything. If, if you want to lose weight, you got to stay focused on the prize. You cannot get distracted. It is so easy to get distracted. We have been talking to so many people in this, this time when everybody is staying at home and restricted, and they're talking about the only thing I'm not being restricted from is my refrigerator right now. Right, you really have to stay focused during this time if you're going to continue to Uh, lose weight. Also, your prayer life. You need to remain focused in your prayer life right now. It's easy to get distracted with Fox News, CNN, whatever your your choice or your brand is. It's easy to get distracted by all the negative stuff that is being said. And if you're not careful, it's it's really counterproductive because it, it actually causes fear to come where you're trying to live a life of faith. And that's the ultimate goal of Satan is to get you to fear. And, you know, the scripture says without faith, it is a Impossible to please God. So, if faith and fear are opposites of each other, the antithesis of of faith is fear. With fear, it is impossible to please God. Right. So, if you don't have that conviction, you'll get distracted. And unless you mention whether it's it's dieting, the moment you start dieting. That day at work. Or decide to fast. Or decide to fast. Um, 
someone will, if you, if you're dieting or you decide to fast, I'm going to go on a fast. Someone will bring in a fresh now, hot now, 12 hot now Krispy Kreme donuts and set them down right in front of you. And you know, that's distracting right there. I'm just going to tell you. Yeah. Well, many, many of you know that brother David Hogan is, is a friend of ours and, and we just heard from him and he said, they just got back on the last plane coming out of India and he got home and he said, we're going on a 30 day fast. And I thought, brother, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> it's to, amazing. They need to quarantine us from our refrigerator right now. <laughs> but um, so you do, those are distractions. And the same thing, the moment you set up, you know, if you say, I'm going to really focus on my prayer life, you know, and you set aside a time, it, it, this never fails for me. The moment I start praying, my phone starts blowing up with text. It's like I won't my phone will not ring or buzz all day long but let me kneel down to pray or go in my prayer closet or set aside time to pray and it will start blowing up you say well okay well don't take your phone well if I have my my eye watch on uh, my Apple watch on and it vibrates and so you, you know naturally you look at it and it's you know dingy because people are trying to reach you suddenly and but if you have confidence and convictions in you you don't let those stupid things distract you you can't be distracted by that you have to remain focused and remind yourself why am i doing this why why am i dieting why am i fasting what is the goal keep your eye on the goal keep your focus on the goal why am i praying what's the purpose behind this you know, distractions usually come right before you obtain a goal. It's right in that critical moment. They've come out with a term years, a couple of years back, critical mass. We're right at that moment when things are shifting and going in the right direction, when critical mass is taking place, if you will, and that's when a distraction will come. And right before breakthrough. Right before the breakthrough and near, you know, right when things are going to come together, right when your family's coming together, right when your your job is coming together, whatever it is, uh, right when you're close to your healing. And that's, that's when distractions really come uh, to try and close and, and keep you away from closing that big deal that God has for you. If I can use a business term, close the deal. Yeah, you've heard the old statement is darkest before the dawn, but it seems like it is. It seems like the enemy really applies the pressure right there. I, I don't think that he knows the future, but it's like he can sense that breakthrough is upon you, and he's trying to get you to give up right then, give up before you receive that breakthrough. And so he really applies the pressure at that moment, and it really takes some determination to keep your focus at that point, not to give up. I can remember when we were going through um, so much turmoil with our son's addiction, and and we've shared a little bit about about that. You know, it was a 16-year process, and during that time, we we had lost everything financially and had to take a break from pastoring and had gone through some things in our marriage and some things with our teenage daughter and daughters and just, you know, all kinds of storms hit us. And right at the end, right before he actually received healing and deliverance, he hit the lowest point he'd been through. It looked truly hopeless. And so it took a lot of focus at that point to hang in there. You know, Webster describes distraction as confusion in your mind. And that's that's a big deal. That's really what the Bible's talking about in James, where it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That double-minded man, wow. what that means is confusion. Right. You, 
you think that you know what is right, and then again, you're, you're double-guessing all the time. You think you've got a word from God, but then you're guessing. Then you want confirmation after confirmation after confirmation. And if you're not careful and you don't have convictions, you'll just be wandering around and just That's aimlessly good. around. So you need to focus. And at Luke 21, 34, you want to read that for us? Yeah, but take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that day come on you unexpectedly. So you can be very busy, very and busy in business, so busy that you're not able to take the time or not taking the time to serve God properly. So, so busy serving God that we're too busy to actually have fellowship with God. Mm. And we're having... So wait a minute. You're saying so busy serving God, not just just your day-to-day task, but actually serving God can get in the way of fellowship with God. Is that what you said? That's what I said. And, and we're hearing a lot right now during this time of quarantine. Um, I, I'm just hearing a lot of chatter, if you will. You know, people have made idols out of ministry and idols out of busyness for God, or what we call for God, but in a lot for a lot of us, there's been a lacking of, of fellowship with God. That secret place time of God wants our fellowship, and and I'm, I'm not belittling that that servitude of God. We need that. We need to 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 serve God, but He wants and longs for us to fellowship with Him, and there's nothing that will replace that. That busyness, that doing this, that, and the other, is a distraction away from fellowship with Him. And if we're not careful, we'll put all those other things. That busyness, the busyness of ministry, in front of the fellowship. The next two areas we want to talk about is disappointment and discouragement. It takes spiritual maturity to overcome disappointment. Is that a great statement or what? Because that's absolute truth. Yeah, anyone can be tempted to be disappointed and discouraged, but we cannot live in a state of disappointment. Let me say that again. We cannot live in a state of disappointment. Understand that it's a state it's a state is something that is subject to change, but we cannot live in that state. You know, years ago, my my brother wrote this song, and I, I probably alluded to it before, but he wrote a song called "I've Made Up My Mind to Leave the World Behind and Walk with the Lord." When we've made a decision and you have it in your mind, then you're able to actually move forward. It's a conscious choice not to stay in that state, which Lisa was talking about, not to partner with disappointment, but to continue doing what God has called us to do. But you got to do it when you have a made up mind. Otherwise, you can get sidetracked sidetracked with disappointment or distractions. We've all been disappointed by people. And we've all disappointed other people as well. There's no one listening to this that has not been disappointed by someone, nor is there anyone listening to this that hasn't disappointed someone else as well. The definition of disappointment is a feeling of lost hope or confidence for the failure of something hoped for and expected to happen. The main cause of disappointment is unfulfilled expectations unrealistic expectations when dealing with other people especially. I think one of the biggest problems that, that, that we face or one of the biggest uh, hurdles that we have to jump over all the time is we're always wanting people 
to mature faster than they actually do. And so for us, it, it may be an unrealistic expectation to expect a new Christian to come along so far without us giving them time to actually mature. And one of the unrealistic expectations could be promotion. You know, we look at someone who's been promoted and we're thinking, yeah, why haven't I been promoted? But then the question may be, did you go through the process? Have you been through the process? Have you passed the test? Have you been proven? Have you walked through what they've walked through? And and oftentimes we don't want to, you know, we don't want to ask those questions of ourselves. We just see where another person is in life. And, and we're, we're at a stage because of social media, we're so guilty of comparing someone else's public life with our private life. Right. It's so easy to do. I do it all the time. We're in such a, a comparison. What we see on social media is their public life. We compare that with our private life. And we have no idea. The struggle. The struggle of their private life. Because mm-hmm. that's not what's displayed on social media. And we really don't know what someone has walked through that took them to that promotion. The process they had to go through to get there. So when we see the promotion and we say, why, why haven't I been promoted yet? Have you been through the process yet. I like the fact that Moses included in the book of Genesis the story about Joseph, who actually was a he was known as a dreamer, and he thought he you know of course he had purpose and he shared his dream with his brothers and when he shared his dream that's what kind of got him in trouble, but there was a process that he had to go through before he became the the second in command in Egypt at that time, which eventually saved all of Israel. But Psalms one hundred five nineteen said until he came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested. Joseph's character. Wow. wow. I would rather not be tested. <laughs> but the truth is that we have to go through some things and we can become disappointed in God's timing and in the process. You know, that's the funniest thing. I have so many people and so many friends. I'm reminded of Sandra right now. She always says, you know, I know God's going to come through, but why does he always wait till the last minute? And so sometimes yeah. we feel discouragement or disappointment when we think, you know, it hadn't happened yet. And, and just today, sometimes it's not God that's holding things back. Sometimes it's our test of our character, but really we have a common enemy that is trying his best to keep us from advancing the kingdom. So we're worn down, we're burned out by the enemy, and they're just he's on us all the time. But the truth is that our character is being tested and developed, and in God's timing, all things will be made clear, I believe. Yeah, you know, and it, we become, like you said, we become disappointed in his timing, God's timing, that is, and, and the enemy's accusing God to us, and we're tired. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. But the delay, it not happening, makes, makes us sick, makes our heart sick. Yeah, things come out of us when we are disappointed, like, I'm ready to quit. I can't do this anymore. I want a divorce. I'm I'm not going to go on. I'll never do this again. And and we say things that are so out of character for us while God is developing character and testing us at the same time. Satan is just hammering us with other, everything possible. And these expressions or confessions come out of us and, that, and go wrong. That's wrong. That's right. And that goes back all the way up to the scripture we started with. Because if you remember, we started and it said, let our confession be 
if you go back to that scripture in Timothy, it says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which we are also called and have confessed the good confession. And yet when we're going through discouragement, we our confession will sometimes not be a good confession. We start confessing negative things and discouragement and disappointment will bring out bad expressions and bad confessions out of us. And so we're finding out what our character is like. Suddenly our confession has changed because we have suffered disappointment. We're discouraged. We begin to question God. We begin to doubt his word. Yeah, we listen to the voice of the enemy and begin to agree with him truly what happens. And unfortunately, it's just like in the Garden of Eden, and Satan spoke to Eve. He said, did God really say? And we get that in our mind. And a lot of times we can get discouraged along the way. But the Bible tells us to hold fast to our confession of faith. We have to work at it. And so uh, Hebrews eleven eleven. you want to read that for us? says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. So Galatians 6, 9 says this, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. Now, that's the King James Version, but the NLT says, Let us not get tired of doing what is good. And just at the right time, (laughs) at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up. Simple truth is we cannot let people beat us down. We cannot let circumstances beat us down to the point that we give up. No, the people will let us down. They will disappoint us. Discouragement will come. We will be disappointed. We will be persecuted. We will be betrayed. We will be criticized. We sometimes may get sick in our body. But this is what Psalm says. It says, My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And when it's all said and done, we can proclaim, like Second Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Guys, you know, we have all been discouraged. I'm telling you, there there are days that, that we fight discouragement and disappointment. And that's probably one of, just being just very transparent with you, that's probably one of my greatest battles is getting discouraged, not seeing things happen quickly enough. And I'm, I came from a farming com- community. I realized that if I go out and plant. I've got tomatoes planted in in my backyard right now. If I plant seeds for tomatoes today, they are not coming up tomorrow. I will not have tomatoes out there. That it is a process of time. And that's what that scripture Ken was talking about earlier, that there is a season of time. If we do not grow weary doing good in due season, we shall reap. Why? Because God is faithful. But you know, we, we are human and we get discouraged and we let the enemy begin to lie to us and and then we begin to agree with him and he begins to lean in on us and, and take advantage of our disappointment and our discouragement and the things people have said about us. And I'm just preaching to myself right now, but I know because I've 
seeing God be so faithful in my life with delivering my son. Both of my daughters are serving God. Their husbands are ministers. My son's ministering and, and, and leading worship, he and his wife. And, and you know, we're in ministry, and, and God is taking our ministry around the world. And some of you are listening to us now. So God is faithful. And even through the discouragement and the disappointment, he is faithful. His timing is perfect. So I'm preaching to myself right now. And the greatest thing that can happen is that at the end that he can say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, because we have finished the race. We've stayed the course. We've kept our focus. Amen. So we don't like to close out our broadcast without giving the Holy Spirit an opportunity to speak to us. And I don't really have anything particular pressing me right now. Do you have anything that you would like to say? Actually, I feel like someone's having severe hip pain that's listening right now. So I just want to release a word of knowledge and just release um, healing for severe hip pain. And I don't know if you have had hip replacement or scheduled for hip replacement, but, but I just release healing right now. And we just say that by his stripes, you were healed in the name of Jesus. And we release healing by his stripes for that hip pain right now in the name of Jesus. And I feel like there's somebody named Avery. I keep getting the name Avery that you just really are just really feeling like giving up right now. And that, that, that scripture that Pastor Ken just read that, um, you know, my strength fails, but God, God is just saying, but God, you know, he changes everything. And, and Avery, he just, you just include him in the mix. And, and when your strength fails, just let, just turn your eyes to him and let him know that, that you're looking to him and he knows where you are right now and what your situation is and he can reach down and change everything for you. He sees the impossible situation that you're in and but God is a God of the impossible and he makes things that that are impossible possible and I just feel like he's going to move in, in a really short time on your behalf and so don't give up. I just want to encourage you not to give up but just to hang in there and know that God is for you, not against you. And everyone who's listening right now who is going through um, this quarantine time, we want to encourage you to lean in, press into the Lord. Use this time to press into your family. Use this time to press into God and just strengthen your, your walk with the Lord right now. Strengthen your, your devotional time. Get to know the Word better. Get to know each other better. And just, just I just keep getting this. We, we share this with our church over and over again. Press into the, to the Lord. And you can you can join us um, live if you don't have a church, or even if you do and you just want extra word right now, you can join us at Salt Life Church on Merritt Island. We have live services on Facebook. Um, you can join us through the podcast. Um, if you got extra um, quarantine time and, and want a great movie to watch, you can just uh, pick up a movie, Hope Has a Name, and watch that. And that will really encourage you because those are some women who've reached into some hopeless situations and helped some, some people. And that encourage you to do the same during this time and just um, I keep getting the name Corbin too sorry to jump right here but Corbin I feel like the Lord's telling you don't despair over your job 
Do not despair over your job. The Lord said he's got you and you're going to come out of this even better than before. And he's going to provide supernaturally. I feel like somebody named Corbin just really, you may have just lost your job or got laid off because of this situation with the coronavirus. God said, don't despair over that. He is going to really show himself mighty through this. And when it's all said and done, you're going to be in a better position than you were beforehand. So do not despair. But he said, I'm getting this very specifically, but he says, stand back and watch the salvation of the Lord. But he is going to really mightily provide for you supernaturally. Um, I feel like you have children even, and you're really concerned about the children, Corbin. And God is saying, don't despair. Do not despair. Trust me. I've got you. I've never failed you before, and I'm not going to fail you now. And you're going to come out of this even better than you did before. Just trust me. And he said, he's really, he's, he's really building character in you, and he's showing you how much you can trust him. And he's really going to strengthen your faith during this time. And he loves you very much. Well, thank you for joining us on our podcast today. Hopefully we'll be able to get back in the studio next week and get another one out in a week or so. God bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Faith Works Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to visit us at kenandlisahenderson.com for books, blogs, movies, and spiritual growth. You can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Lisa Henderson, and that's Lisa L-E-S-A, and at Ken Henderson. See you next week.